like to invite you to a soul level encounter. Music has an incredible ability to proclaim the soul's language beyond what mere words can speak. That's what we seek as we invite our guests to share their song of the soul. You will hear the music that has charted the steps of their spiritual journey, that has provided a touchstone in the soul's dark night and sung the heart's awe and joy when come to the light. Over the next hour, you will be a witness and companion to our guest's spiritual path and sacred testimony. Welcome to Song of the Soul. More great music for you today for Song of the Soul. My guest is a local activist from my area, and by local, I mean about 90 miles away. His name is Steve Carlson, and he's more or less emerging from a retirement of about 10 years while concentrating on other efforts. I'm glad that he's retaken the gauntlet, starting with his Christmas critical song, A Hell of a Time, and the associated video he has just released for that song. By the way, I especially love to feature local artists where this program is broadcast. So if you know of a potential guest, contact me via northernspiritradio.org. Right now, we'll go via the phone to Trigo, Wisconsin, to hear the music of Steve Carlson. Steve, I'm really happy to have you here today for Song of the Soul. Thanks, Mark. It's good to be here. So the reason I got a hold of you, let's uh, set the stage here, is you have a CD that came out some years ago, but you just worked on and completed a video of one of your songs. Could you talk about that process and that recording and just set the stage for us? Well, yeah, I uh, I have been kind of retired from music, as it were. Not that I ever had a great career or anything, but I did put the record out many years ago. And then over the last year, I met some folks in Eau Claire working on the Badger Care expansion campaign and the minimum wage raise things. And I met a gentleman named Bob Andreskevich. He is a filmmaker in the Chippewa Valley, and we got to talking about my music and his past, and we decided to make this music video. It's a really nice video. It's a wonderful thing put together. Had you not thought about doing videos before? Actually, I had wanted to make a video of this particular song a hell of a time. It's a Christmas song, or perhaps more accurately, an anti-Christmas song, or maybe even more accurately, a truly pro-Christmas song. I'd wanted to make a video for many, many years, and things came together quickly. And so Bob and I had the opportunity to work together and do it, and we did. And in the spirit of full disclosure, I'll mention that Bob is on the board of directors for Northern Spirit Radio. And he's a great creative whiz, and he's done so many good things over the years with his movie production. I just really find it fortunate that he's willing to nurture Northern Spirit Radio and to nurture your work through this video. So are you hoping that now this will bring hordes of people clamoring for your attention and your... (laughs) I don't know. It was more I'm driven by a desire to get the message of the song out to as many people as possible. And in no small part, because I'm one of those people who does not find the Christmas celebration in America very appealing and for very specific reasons. And I often get accused of being the Grinch. 
But I don't think that's true at all. I have a very strong message of hope, I think, in that song. What would Christmas look like if it was done in the way that you think that would match your values, would match your outlook? Well, I'll tell you, I I don't know if I can describe what Christmas would look like, but I did write in more than one place that the reason I wrote the song is that it has occurred to me for many, many years that if we all spend as much time, energy, and money trying to make a better world as we do celebrating Christmas, we'd actually have that better world, and then we'd have something to truly celebrate. Well, let's jump right in and listen to the song. And folks, you can find the link on northernspiritradio.org to the video connected with this song. It is a hell of a time. When I was young, I learned that Jesus was my Savior. When I grew up, He went away. Left me a note that said we all should love our neighbor How this would work he didn't say Still he went on to say that every person mattered Red, yellow, black and brown and white Asked me to pray for all the lost and broken hearted And wish me a silent night So have yourself a very merry Christmas Just have yourself one hill of a time Just have yourself a very Merry Christmas Just have yourself A hell of a time Over the years I'd think of All the things he'd written and All of the things he left unsaid Was there a message there, some meaning that was hidden? Some of his notes may be left unread. It's given the suffering and the madness all around us. Given the grief that doesn't cease. Must be a thankless job, it must be kind of lonely Being a prince of peace So have yourself a very merry Christmas Just have yourself one hell of a time Have yourself a very Merry Christmas Just have yourself A hell of a time
Now that I'm older, I will sometimes sit and wonder. I'll sometimes sit and hope. Maybe a white-winged dove will fly down from the heavens and bring us another note. So gather your family and your loved ones all around you. Gather your blessings as you may. Offer a prayer for all the lost and broken-hearted. Dream of a better day. Have yourself a very merry Christmas. Yes, have yourself one hell of a time. Yes, have yourself a Very merry Christmas. Just have yourself a hell of a time. Just have yourself one hell of a time. Just have yourself a hell of a time. That exquisite song is by Steve Carlson. It's from his album, Pleasantville, came out back in 2007. You'll find a link to that video on NorthernSpiritRadio.org. You want to get a hold of Steve, also follow the link. CD Baby is a good place to get a hold of that recording, and you'll also be able to find him some, I'll have some other links that you can follow to get a hold of him. Again, a hell of a time. You said that you're not much into commemorations of things gone by. It's more like what's in the present is important to you. How do you like to celebrate? What's the biggest party that you have? Well, as you know, I'm from northern Wisconsin, and a staple of northern Wisconsin life, at least for me and others who live out in the country, is a campfire. And we'll celebrate maybe birthdays or anniversaries or just get-togethers when people's good fortunes are up or when people's fortunes are down. So it's kind of a dynamic, flexible thing that depends on the circumstances of people's lives more than it does a designated holiday or so on and so forth. Why did you call it a hell of a time? Because I think Christmas actually is a hell of a time for a lot of people. I think the American people don't understand what Christmas costs other people around the world. I think we take our consumer culture for granted and somehow magically imagine that the glittery items on the store shelf came there from elves. I don't know, and which is an exaggeration. Obviously, people understand that things have to be made, but I don't think they understand under what conditions and that that costs others in terms of suffering. That's not a, a radical sort of theory. That's just common sense. And it's a hell of a time here. It's a lot of stress and rush and tearing around and spending money you don't have. And I think actually a lot of people quietly sort of feel this way, but aren't really sure how to, and, and haven't been provided a public space to talk about it out loud. Most people go along with it and certainly enjoy some aspects of it, getting together with family and getting a special feeling that they only get that time of the year. I just think we ought to have that feeling year-round. I suppose that's a bit of a cliché, but cliches emerge over time because there's a strong element of truth in them. 
of course, you know, I share so many of those sentiments. It also is time of greatest depression. I have a wife who's a therapist, and yeah, that's when people get desperately upset. Sure, and I think it's generally because the celebration here in America has got a hollowness to it. People long for something else. Probably my favorite line from the song and part of the video You talk about how it must be a thankless job being a prince of peace. That really hit home. Well, I just, I was raised a Christian, and I spent many years going to Sunday school and church. The theme of Jesus Christ as the prince of peace was prominent in their teachings. And so it just seems to me that if there was such a fellow as Jesus and he roamed the earth today, he'd feel kind of lonely. A couple of things from the video, and I do hope people follow the link from org and take a look at it. One of the places that I see you going in the video is connecting up with the people at Plymouth UCC. They have a homeless folks ministry. I saw a picture of you there and I actually saw you singing, I think, inside that church. You did some kind of presentation there recently, didn't you? No, we're actually uh, premiering the video there tomorrow, but we did some filming there with the cooperation of the staff and some of the the people that spend time there. Well, I thought it was nice that you connected up with someone who is actually trying to help out people to have a better time. And they're always doing it. They're doing it year-round. But at Christmas time, it's usually easier to get donations to support that kind of work. How much of, of your life has been music as opposed to your organizing and other parts of your activism? Well, it was a big part of my younger years. When I was in church, I sang in the choir regularly, and by the time I was 13, I was participating in high school musicals and would get parts and loved to sing. I had a acapella group with friends. We did the old 50s doo-wop stuff. And then as I got older, I just sort of grew away from it. I actually didn't pick up the guitar until I was 33 years old because I would get song ideas in my head and no way to manifest them. So that's when I started writing songs was about 25 years ago. And then I spent some time in the 90s with a couple of friends in an acoustic trio called Penumbra. And we would do songs from each of us and were in the uh, Cooley region back then. And then the idea for my first record, Lotto Jesus, came to me and I, I made my first CD in 1997. As things go, by then I was getting to be close to 40, and it just didn't seem like a career path, and I kind of wandered away from it. And I wasn't entirely happy with the record. So in 2007, when I had more time and a little bit little bit of a budget, so that's when I made the record that you have now, Pleasantville. Well, since you mentioned that, why don't we share that song? It's the title track for it. Tell us about Pleasantville. Have you ever lived there? Everybody lives there in America, Mark, whether they know it or not. I actually wrote that song about 16, 17 years ago, a year and a half before the Hollywood film of the same name came out. And I actually tried desperately at one point to get the uh, music supervisors of the film my song and was wildly unsuccessful because I was an obscure songwriter then, like I am now. I wrote it because it just occurred to me that there are a lot of people here in America in particular because I've not spent a lot of time out of America. I've not spent a lot of time out of Wisconsin or Minnesota, frankly. But people try to to insulate themselves from the troubles of the world, and I think they're largely unsuccessful in doing so in terms of their overall happiness or outlook on life or just how things go in general. And that was the impetus for the song Pleasantville. He said he thought he loved her. She said she thought the same. 
They both thought and said their love was grand They traded rings Took each other's names And they stood smiling hand in hand They hung paintings in their living room They stacked dishes on their shelves Their dinner to the television news Shook their heads in disbelief And mumbled to themselves He sold real estate She taught school Sunday nights They planned their week They raised their children Well, they posted rules And read them headlines In their evening hours And they walked a couple miles over lunch They bought their holidays From shops in glossy paper bags Paid their debts and laid their bets On saviors by the bunch and all the whistles blow and all the bells begin to chime Rushing to and fro and mumbling pleasant rhymes in pleasant in Pleasantville. They made money, so they bought stock. The monthly balance on their credit cards And they built a garden wall out of chiseled block And laid a walkway through the yard They dressed the children in their Sunday best They all drove to counseling once a week They wept on the sofa With their hankies in their hands Nodded their heads And stared at their feet But they still could not sleep at night So they took pills And then laid and worried in the dark Finally dreamt of swollen streams And contagious sills of runaways and perverts mingling in the park to vacations near the ocean air where they sat by the hour on their beds and they watched the dirty water break along the dirty shore bit their tongues and pointed guns at devils in their heads Souls blow, and all the bells begin to chime. Faces all aglow, mumbling pleasant rhymes in Pleasantville. In Pleasantville.
advertising majors, masturbating jailers, sanitizing vapors, notarizing wafers, contemplating racers, and playing bets on saviors here. song was Pleasantville. It is from the CD by the same name by Steve Carlson. And when you want to track Steve down, best way to do it probably is via CD Baby. CD Baby Carlson Steve. Follow the link from NordenSpiritRadio.org. You'll get there right away. You can get a hold of it. I also have a link to the video that went with the first song that we played. You said you haven't spent a lot of time outside of Wisconsin, Minnesota, What's the best city that you visited? Which one gives you the most hope for what we could be? I really don't know how to answer that. I'm not sure there's a place in America that is geared the way it ought to be in terms of the future we're facing. You stumped me, Mark. (laughs) Well, I I like to pose stumpers. For me, the issue is it's not too hard to find fault, but I think that it's most important if we can somewhere see a vision that we can move toward. So if you painted your vision, that's what I'm looking for, really, the city that would be your vision or your uh, something better than Pleasantville. Well, I'll tell you what, on a smaller level, there really are some good things going on in Eau Claire, for instance. There was recently a large grant that was received by the Community Action Agency Western Dairyland to house upwards of 30 homeless people. It's a new program that suspends all the conditions that have been a central feature of previous kinds of housing programs. And I guess the overall is that there's an attempt to understand our common humanity first and other kinds of bureaucratic considerations second or even third. I know there's a lot of people working toward a more friendly sort of transportation system in the Chippewa Valley to both cut back on fossil fuel use and just create sort of a more vibrant community. So those kinds of efforts in various communities, I think, are important. I think what we lack at this point, and I think why a critical voice is still needed, is that some sort of understanding on a larger scale that these are the principles we need to explore more and implement in a concrete way going forward, and that it brings us back to a a larger sense of community and common welfare. And I don't see a lot of that happening in any given city in in America that's particularly remarkable, at least on the scale that I think it's needed. What's your overview about people in general? I think sometimes uh, the problem is that cities are made up of people, and we carry both some really good things with us and some other attributes that aren't so positive. How do you look at people? What do you think? You and I talked about this a little earlier in a previous conversation, and I really think that people are capable of a wide range of mood and behavior and conduct and so forth, and that the friendlier the larger environment is, the better people tend to behave, and when you appeal to the worst in people, you get the worst. 
I think that the sort of extreme emphasis on individualism in America leans toward bringing out the worst in people. And I think everything from our crime rate to the general sense of anxiety to suicide and problems and all the way on up to our foreign policy all tends to support that, that we in some ways really appeal to the worst people in America. And I know that flies in the face of how a lot of people view this country. So I think if we appeal to the best in people, we'll get it. And if we appeal to the worst, we're likely to get that. So give us another song and reach that raw edge for us. Where are we going? Bard Extraordinaire is a song I wrote that's on this record, Pleasantville. I wrote it about a friend of mine who is a published author. He went to the Iowa Writers' Workshop many, many years ago, and I went down to visit him while he was there. I was living in lacrosse at the time, and one of the big arguments that went on amongst the writers in the workshop was a style versus substance sort of argument. And it, it appeared to me that in American art and entertainment, style is dominant. And I was arguing for the substance end. And he and I had quite a big dispute about that. And so I wrote the song Bard Extraordinaire with the idea that art always has to have substance. Stack of dirty dishes See a dirty glass Some tall and empty bottles On a stair A pack of stone disciples Flattened by the blast Late dreaming of the bard extraordinaire Sitting at his table He got a lover in his bed Ponders the weight of it all alone Working on a novel About a guy named Ed Whose fate it seems is never quite his own Herman Melville died with his boots on Left a wounded whale to his heir Seas sailed amongst the flotsam and the jetsam of its age. Told it to the bard extraordinaire. A pot of blackened coffee and a home rolled cigarette. The flicker of a candle in the night. Script of fiction unappreciated yet A narrative of marinated spite He wanders to the window Staring down the dawn And just dreaming of his moment in the sun All the rippling muscle of his literary brawn Puts all the lesser talents on a run Henry Miller died with his boots on Made his way alone and left no heirs As he floundered with a flotsam in the jetsam of his age Sold it to the bard extraordinaire 
it's all in the language Yes, it's all in the style Yes, it's all in the tone you employ And it's too often scrap for the pile A box of aging condoms and a box of unpaid bills A letter from a dedicated blonde Like a working capital Than a real ills Too much coming Too much going Too much gone William Faulkner died With his boots on Left a weighty business To his heirs As he walked amongst The flotsam and the Jetsome of his age Completed with a bard extraordinaire Well, he pleaded with a bard extraordinaire Bard Extraordinaire. It's by Steve Carlson, who's my guest today for Song of the Soul. Song of the Soul is a Northern Spirit Radio production. We're on the web at northernspiritradio.org. That's O-R-G, like in organic, not C-O-M, commercial. And on that site, you can find nine and a half years of our programs for free listening and download. You'll find links to our guests. In this case, for Steve Carlson, you'll find a link not only to his music out on CD Baby, but you'll find a video that he just did recently. You'll also find comments, and we love it when you post your comments because what we would really like is two-way communication. There's also a way you can support us with donations. Click support on the donate button, and you can help make sure that this program goes forward. Even more important than that, I would like you to remember to support your local community radio station, providing alternative music and news that you get nowhere else on the American airways. Before you do anything else, support your local community radio station with your wallet and with your hands and make a difference for the USA. Again, Bard Extraordinaire was the song. Herman Melville, Henry Miller, William Faulkner... Can we add Steve Carlson to that list? <laughs> well, I think that's uh, very generous and charitable of you, but I don't think I'm quite in that company, no. Well, I read on your website that your first song you actually wrote, you said it was in the 30s, but in fact, your first song was at the age of 11. You uh, wrote some alternate lyrics. You want to tell us about that one? Oh, no. No, <laughs> you didn't go there and read that, did you? <laughs> Uh, I made up some alternate lyrics to uh, Snoopy and the Red Baron by, I can't even remember their name. The Royal Guardsman. That's right. And I sold them for a nickel a copy to my classmates in sixth grade. (laughs) So that's when I launched my commercial songwriting career. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and and didn't do anything in it for 20 years because that... No, <laughs> I had a long, well, I had a, I had a writer's block for a long, <laughs> long time, apparently. Let's keep going on your music. We've got a few more songs we'd like to get in, and I think that you told me the next one you'd like to share is More Than Just a Prayer. 
You said you grew up religious. I think it was Methodist. Where did you go from there, and what kind of praying do you do? Well, I don't. <laughs> and I haven't for a long time, but there is a lot of Christian imagery in my music, and, and sometimes I've actually been mistaken for a Christian musician. And I'm not by any stretch of the imagination. But those themes so dominated my youth that a lot of them stuck with me, and I, and I see them all over our culture, too. So I was working with a coalition in the Cooley region called the Downriver Alliance, and we were part of the larger Prairie Island Coalition Against Nuclear Storage. And we were trying to stop the proliferation of dry cask nuclear fuel rod storage on Prairie Island, which is adjacent to the Prairie Island Reservation up near Red Wing. And at the same time I was doing that, I was working for the Ho-Chunk Nation, and I'd gotten to know a Ho-Chunk elder, an elderly woman named Elvina DeCora, and was telling her about my efforts and what we were doing and what we were trying to stop. And I asked her to pray for us, and she kind of had a glint in her eye and looked at me, and she said she would, but she said, you're going to need more than just a prayer. <laughs> so that song idea, yeah, that, so that song idea just really stuck in my head, and after a few months, that song came out. Do you end up feeling hopeful or not? I mean, you know, I think the phrase is, you know, he hasn't got a prayer of a chance. Do you feel optimistic or not? I think that I'm going to refuse to answer that question. I think it's important to struggle. And I do think that, as Martin Luther King Jr. said, and I certainly can't quote him exactly, but the arc of history is long, but it bends toward justice. I think he's right. And so I'm out here to do what small part I can to, to advance that arc. And the song does it as well by enlivening our conscience. The song that we're going to listen to now, More Than Just a Prayer by Steve Carlson. I saw a fire in the distance I smelled sulfur in the air Caffeine of voices that had offered up resistance were abandoned and left stranded. I heard vandals running through the garden. I watched them carry off the sun and a solitary stranger. Came to make his bargain with a dollar bill and a smoking gun. So pray for the child who drinks this water. Pray for the child who breathes this air. Pray for the life that ripples through your sons and daughters. Pray they live by more than just a prayer, more than just a prayer. Of this mother 
thousand generations of this sky will sleep beneath these towers and they'll dream within the shadow of this dragon's tail and this dragon's lies so pray for the child who drinks this water pray for the child who breathes this air pray for the life that ripples through your sons and daughters pray they live by more than just a prayer more than just a prayer more than just a prayer evocative, mystical, I would even say, beautiful tune is by Steve Carlson, More Than Just a Prayer. It's on his CD, Pleasantville. Follow the link from NorthernSpiritRadio.org. That is a touching song. I I think that listening to that song alone has got to stir the, the flames of people to want to do good, to care about others. Has that been your experience? Where do you perform these songs? You know, I haven't hardly performed in 10 years. You're talking to uh, an obscure, semi-reclusive, kind of gave up music right after I made the record. I always thought I could make songwriter guy. And these recent events over the last year are sort of bringing me out of retirement. But I've not performed that song far and wide. I did do it in London about 17 years ago. I did a short tour in London and got well-received and I've performed it here and there in coffee houses and so forth. But mainly, I write a lot of these things kind of for myself in a way. And if I can get them in a recorded form that sounds good to me and satisfies me, I, I've almost viewed that sort of as the end of the process, which might strike you as, as strange. But uh, I'll be happy to hear from your listeners about what they think. I'm kind of excited to be coming out of retirement. Well, that is a beautiful song. You do have plans. You're trying to get out there more and share more of your music. What's your ideal setting for sharing your music? Is it a rally? Is it a coffee house? Is it? I think I'm finding out. About two weeks ago, I was invited to come to a United Church of Christ service at Plymouth UCC in Eau Claire and sing for their regular Sunday service. And I've been invited back there Sunday night, this coming Sunday night, the 21st, is it, to uh, sing at their Blue Christmas service, which is for people who get bummed out, if you will, about the Christmas season. And tomorrow, we're going to be at Positive Avenues, which is a sort of drop-in center for homeless people in Eau Claire, premiering the video, and I'm going to play a couple songs. I guess what I'm trying to say is I'm not a big fan of doing the show kind of thing. I, I never really liked it, and it always seemed a little bit, frankly, false to me. I, I like my music to be part of a sort of a larger context, to be a part of a, a larger meaning and understanding and motivation, as opposed to wanting... I don't, I don't like getting up in front of people and performing just for their enjoyment, and then trying to hawk records between sets and so forth. Just never seen my music as 
something just for me to hawk and make money on. It's always meant a lot more to me, and I want it to mean a lot more to other people. But it's not because you're a shrinking violet or something, is it? It's not that you're a Jim Morrison. When he started out, I understand he, he couldn't even face the audience. He had to sing with his back to the audience to get up there in front. I've actually gone through phases like that early on. That was a long time ago. No, I'm, I'm no shrinking violet now. I'm not, uh, I'm not the greatest guitar player, frankly. And I, I get a little overly critical of myself there, and I'm very conscious of that when I perform in front of people. But I've just decided that if I can pluck the chords in the background, I'll sing, and my lyrics will carry the deal. You grew up with some music, and I've seen some commentary on your website about that. What would you say is your favorite form of music or deeply influential to you? Well, I actually I grew up with a combination of music and church, and my mom was a great big country music fan. So I grew up listening to a lot of her compilation country albums, and then she played the piano in our little Methodist church, and Jesus loves the little children, all the children of the world, that kind of thing. And then, of course, I gravitated, frankly, to pop. I was not a real music aficionado when I was younger, but what what I kind of drew from a lot of early country was the raw and real sort of feel of the stories they told and the conditions of people's lives. That aspect of country always appealed to me. And then, of course, the staples like Dylan and Leonard Cohen and so forth and Joni Mitchell. And I, I really would say that what I prefer more than anything is a good story. I was a storyteller before I was a singer, and I'm certainly a much better storyteller than I am a guitar player, but I like acoustic music. I'm not opposed to rock and roll or even I love soul and R&B, and no matter the genre, I'm always looking for the story, so I want to hear the lyrics. I want to hear the story that the person has to tell, not just through their voice or through the musical arrangement, but what they actually have to say. And, you know, I mean, that kind of uh, segues into the next song. Uh, one of the very first songs I wrote, and I wrote this one actually before I could even play the guitar. I heard it, the chord changes in my head, and it just started sort of come to me, is kind of my parody, if you will, of country music. I don't know if I can say this on the radio out loud, but it's called Sorry Sons of Bitches. <laughs> and uh, it's a country song about the kind of guys I grew up with. And I think that there is an obvious affection for those guys in a way, but uh, I don't spare the don't spare the listener the straight details on what life can be like for a lot of those guys. So that's where I got that from. Steve Carlson telling it how it is. Sorry, sons of bitches. I got a bottle in my right hand. I got a shot glass on the bar. I got a Smith and Wesson 44. A box of my car Got a bar fly at my elbow I got a family home in bed I'm a working slob with a horseshit job And this mortgage or my head I got headaches every morning I keep some whiskey by my bed I got a Bible in my bureau drawer case I wake up dead Got a wife that drives me crazy when I'm all drunk She drives me home I can't stand to be with my family I can't stand to be alone Ain't we all just sorry Sons of bitches Sorry to ourselves and our kids and our wives 
Sometimes I even take my ball Got a gun rack in my Chevy I got a gun rack in my Ford I got a big ass bumper sticker That says pass the ammo and praise the Lord Got football every Sunday I got football again on Monday nights Through the middle of the week Well, I got Booze and broads and fights On Friday nights Well, my wife and I We go out But we don't speak Then on Saturdays In a whiskey haze Drink away the week Everybody now Ain't we all just sorry Signs of bitches Sorry to ourselves And our kids and our wives Okay, just the men now. Ain't we all just sorry, sons of bitches? Good men, good. We're just sorry, sorry for the way, the way that we've lived yeah. our lives. Yeah. Oh, you're a sorry, sorry. You're, you're the sorry. In case you had any doubt, listeners, that song is called Sorry Sons of Bitches. <laughs> Steve Carlson's the artist. It sounds funny to have a Quaker saying that out loud on, on the radio. <laughs> i got to tell you, Mark, it really does. Well, and I want you to know, Steve, I went out on the web and I was trying to look. Can I say Sons of Bitches? Is that prohibited by the FCC? I decided from what I could look at the guidelines that there was no violation there because it's actual social commentary that you're doing. This isn't gratuitous sexual something or other going on. It, it is social commentary that you're doing there. You said you have some affection for the people. I mean, it's, it's your folk, in, in essence, that you grew up with. But it also sounds like um, it's not what you want to advocate that people follow as their way of life. Is that true? <laughs> well, that's very true. I don't uh, recommend that way of life to anybody. I don't live that way. I did at one time, to some small degree, uh, a long time ago in another life. And it's just more trying to recognize that there's good in everybody and there's a humanity there. And it was more to poke fun at the genre, but still kind of try to get at some essential truths of the whole thing and make a few jokes about American culture and a certain mentality. But I don't mean to be openly disrespectful, believe it or not, or dismissive, because those are, to a great degree, the people I grew up with. Would you say that some of your best friends are sorry sons of bitches? No, I wouldn't go that far, actually. 
what they used to be many years ago. Well, the clock is ticked down. I know we got to get this out on the air so that people can hear one more song. How do you want to finish? One of the critiques of my live shows many years ago was that, don't you write any happy songs? And my answer is usually, well, I just write what moves me. So this last song is actually probably the, the truly only really happy song I've ever written. I was at a particularly low ebb in my life, and a young woman who worked at the video store kind of came into my life, and she was a fan of things I'd written for the paper. I had kind of a following when I did a regular op-ed in the uh, Lacrosse Tribune. And one day in the park, we sat and had lunch and talked at length, and, and it, it sparked this song. Her name was Molly, and at a time when I was really low, her energy and the way she was and the way she looked at me made me feel a whole lot better. So this song is about hang in there because you never know who's going to come into your life and make you feel alive again. It is a sweet song. I particularly like the reference, you know, life is a miracle or, or life is a honeydew. That's a pretty good line. <laughs> life is a honeydew melon, I guess. <laughs> yeah, well, it can be. And you you got to be open to enjoying those kinds of things and those kinds of people when they happen, because they, they will come into your life. Thank you so much, Steve. I want to thank you for the music. It's inspirational. It calls attention where it needs to be. But I especially want to thank you for your devoted life of trying to make the world a better place. Long before I ever heard your music, I heard of the work that you've been doing to try and make people's lives better. Your music certainly spices up my life and makes it a happier, funnier, deeper, more compassionate place. So thanks for doing that music, for your other work, and especially for joining me today for Song of the Soul. You bet. It was a pleasure to be on your program, Mark. Thank you very much. When we finish Steve Carlson's Song of the Soul with the song Molly's Eyes. We'll see you next week for Song of the Soul. She looked me in the eye and said, you give me hope. I looked at her and said, you're pretty handy with a joke. All the while she worked her fingers through the grass When she smiled a thousand pounds of heartache seemed to pass Is there still a spark in Molly's eyes? Life is a miracle Full of sweet surprise When you're wishing at the well Molly's eyes She looked at me and said You must be a little touched I looked at her and said Your kindnesses are just too much And all the while she worked her fingers through her hair when she smiled, I thought I saw an angel sitting there. There's still a gleam in Molly's eyes. Life is a honeydew, grown twice its normal size. When you're walking through the fields in Molly's eyes. She wonders if I'm crazy And her voice is soft and lazy And she reaches up To stretch her fingers to the sky And she's so alive 
happened and so am I People come and go and wish they'd never went They measure out their treasure by money got, money spent And all the while they work their fingers to the bone Standing in a crowd they'll wonder why they're all alone But there's still a dream in Molly's eyes Life is a melody keen to harmonize When you're tripping through the maze Floating in the gaze Warming to the blaze in Molly's eyes The theme music for Song of the Soul is by Chris Williamson, and it's called Song of the Soul. My name is Mark Helpsmeet, and this is a Northern Spirit Radio production. You can listen to this program again, track down the list of songs included, and a whole lot more on my website, northernspiritradio.org. And I invite you to share your Song of the Soul with my listeners. Just contact me via my website. And please, join me weekly for Song of the Soul. You can be happy Let in the light It will heal you And you can feel you And sing out a song